1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. The workday is coming to an end. It is 5 o'clock. I will see you all tomorrow. But Gwen and Chris are just getting started. Sports talk it is. Your hosts, Tony Quinn Jr., The
2: Bears. The
3: Bears. Really? Tony just chimes in quickly. No, 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 wait, no. Wait, whoa, no,
1: wait, no,
2: wait. I'm saying, oh, like, The Bears. Oh, you're just, oh you're just saying The
3: Bears.
1: The bears. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. And
2: Chris Ello. I
3: would like to see a day when you are no longer thought of as Snarky. All right. Number three.
1: It's time to get you up to speed on all things sports.
3: Yes, yes,
1: yes. With plenty of nonsense in between. Oh, look, here comes our fearless producer. Quinn and Chris starts right now on 97.3 The Fan.
2: Into the happy hour we go. Quinn and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr. Sam Levitt filling in for Mr. Ello, Frank Marchese. Filling in for Mister Scraby, who is off the course, we will sit on his story until tomorrow, because I'm sure if you know Scraby like I know Scraby. there will be stories. There will be stories, so we'll we'll say that that's at least that's at least good for two segments tomorrow. So
4: you said he shot what a 90, 95. five five now yeah. I I don't golf I don't at either. all.
2: I it's don't
4: nine, now is ninety five very bad?
2: Is it good I mean, for a pro? It it's okay? terrible. It's horrible. I mean, for, for a normal person, I, right? For a normal. I would say that it's pretty decent, Frank. What you got?
5: Uh, looking at it right now, that trade you were talking about, uh, Dodgers acquiring Miguel Rojas, that has officially gone I saw through
4: that. for uh, Jacob Amaya, right minor yes. leaguer. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, Dodgers just tricked somebody with a prospect that's <laughs> we're not going to hear from again.
4: I Think Jacob Amaya was a former Tulsa driller back in my Texas League days. So your name's familiar. Yes. Okay. Very.
2: All right. Um, we did promise you guys a lineup for FanFest, February 4th. Do you have the lineup in front of yourself? I
4: do, I do. Let me you pull ahead? up the press release. Here it is. Okay, so Padres FanFest, February 4th at Petco Park, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., featuring scheduled appearances from Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Jake Cronenworth, Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, Tim Hill, and Bob Melvin, along with appearances by Padres alumni, including Trevor Hoffman
2: and Mark Loretta. Star-studded. Man, it don't get much better than that. And, uh, there, are, shoot, I don't think you named a, a – there wasn't anybody missing in terms of star power um, there. The, I, I guess Blake Snell would be the only player –
4: like, really star, you know, big-time, big-time player. Did you say Jake? I did say Jake. Okay. Um, said hater. You yeah. had Manny, Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, Musgrove, oh, yeah, Dar- yeah. it's Everybody's there, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I mean, listen, uh, for for one, you mentioned Fernando's going to be there. I think uh, the fact that he's going to be there uh, says a lot. Because they could have very well have protected him from this particular Environment, right? Um, They could have just sent him to spring training and and where it's a little bit more controlled. Um, And so, you know, I I think this is this is part of the rehabilitation that that Toddie will start. You know, now we talked often, you know, after the suspension, that you know we won't find out for a while. You know, what kind of effect this will have on him? Well, this is that time where we start to find out. Well, I,
4: I think it's good to see him on this list for, for a couple of reasons. And and again, when, when a press release goes out about something like this, it's all good stuff. And I love it. I mean, the star power. I mean, this is going to be a great event on February 4th. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think it's really good to see him on this list because I think we're at the point now with Fernando Tatis Jr. And this is, I think, coming from the fan perspective I'm not telling fans how to feel, but if if I, you know, were were sitting and I was a, you know, whatever, I was a, a Padres fan just sitting here reading this news today, I think it's important that that process of, I guess, quote unquote, moving on or at least moving forward sort of begins starting now, you know, and, and. Um, as we get to spring training, because, you know, it's going to be interesting, Tony, when the season starts, when Fernando comes back, he's going to probably deal with some things that he's never dealt with in the past. Without as far as when this team goes on the road, the reaction by opposing fans, and that's just part of what comes with it, with with what's transpired with the suspension uh, and everything that's happened with Fernando. I think it's going to be important uh, for Padres fans, you know, to kind of rally behind him in a sense and i'm not telling fans what to do or how to feel obviously there's there's been a lot that's went on last year or so uh with fernando but i i do think it's a it's a good thing to see him in this lineup and as we get to spring training and and the question start of uh, you know and look during spring training the media is there and uh, i'm sure he's gonna speak and he's gonna play and it's gonna be interesting to watch him day in day out um but I, I think it's a it's a good thing to kind of have
2: him involved and in the mix. It definitely is. It'll be important how he handles it, too, because it could then affect his teammates. Um, because, as you mentioned, the media's going to be there every day. When he goes on the road, they're going to be asking those same questions all the time. And he has to be able to show resolve in that right. and, and, and really not allow people to see him sweat, so to speak, in those situations. Right? And when
4: he goes to each city— those questions are going to reemerge.
2: Yeah, it's, and, and so that's going to be part of that, you know, what you're talking about, things that he has never experienced outside of the booze that are inevitably coming. Uh, these are some of the nuanced things that he's going to have to deal with uh, on an everyday basis. And I'll say this. Fernando had his apology kind of press conference where he came out, he took uh, – He took responsibility for his actions. Um, I I keep seeing, I I don't say I shouldn't say keeps, and I've seen a little bit on Twitter, you know, some folks expecting like another apology uh, directly to them. I I, I think that's not going to happen. And if you're waiting on that to happen, you're going to be disappointed. Um, I, I think he's given his apology now from this point, as you said, it's about everything he does from this point on moving forward, you know, how he handles it. From this point on, it's going to be the important thing. Yeah,
4: and and it will be interesting to see how how he does do that and how he handles it day to day. And it won't he, be
2: easy, ladies no, and gentlemen. It, it won't easy be easy at all.
4: Which is, which is and again, I want to be very, very careful because I, I don't want to tell fans how to feel. A lot has happened here over the course of the last year. Um, the injuries, the suspension, the motorcycle accident, all of it. So I'm not trying to tell fans how to feel. I want to be very clear about that. But I do think for a team that has these expectations for the role that Fernando could play for this group. I just think it, it it's it's a good thing for this fan base, this city to to sort of rally around him because that that warm feeling, that's not going to exist outside of here. No, I don't no. I especially and next I, year.
2: Listen, I I I hear what you're saying. You not you not nobody nobody's going to really ultimately tell a fan how to feel about it but um at this point the the he's going to be on your roster mm-hmm. if the Padres are are going to get where many people want them to go he's going to have to be a valuable piece yeah. in that on that team so you choose how you want to support him or not if you support this team and you want this team to do well you're going to you're going to get behind him as long as he's doing the things that are necessary to to garner your your, your love, right? right. And, and that's incumbent upon him at it, this point.
4: It's something I think a lot of us talked about when it all happened and in the, the weeks and a couple of months that followed, that this will be a process for Fernando of getting healthy again, of getting back into uh, the baseball swing of things and from from the fan perspective, his relationship with fan base, his relationship with fans of baseball, even beyond it San Diego, be, it
2: all is going to have to be it's a process. The, yeah.
4: the beautiful thing for Fernando, I think, is that he is twenty four years old. Right, he's a terrific player. He is already the face of a franchise, which he still is. He has every opportunity in this career to to rebuild what's
2: been lost. And that goes, you know, we were talking about Nelson Cruz. I had mentioned that. Could be a good sounding board, and really, a, a, a an example of how you handle some adversity uh, that is pretty pretty much identical, right? Um, Nelson was a little bit older yeah. when it happened to him, um, but he has navigated it as well as I would say anybody. Maybe since Andy Pettit, you know, where you know he was upfront, he was honest about it, and then every step he's made afterwards has been above board and that's what it's going to take from fernando's stamp
4: yeah it's it's a really good point and i'm happy you brought it up because i i sort i mean i knew it in the back of my head but i had not even thought about how he got suspended that was 2013 it was part of the biogenesis uh scandal uh if you will uh he got a 50 game suspension and then you're right he's come back he's played for a number of teams he's hit a bunch of home runs he's been an impactful player and He actually, I just pulled it up in the San Diego Union-Tribune. It was an article, and I haven't read the whole thing, admittedly, on December 6th during the winter meetings by Bryce Miller. And there are some quotes in here about Fernando from Nelson Cruz. Um, And, you know, I'd encourage you to go read it. But just talking about moving forward and uh, moving on and the judgment that people will have. And you can't control what other people think. So I'm not. I don't think the Padres make a move, a one-year deal, $1 million to go get Nelson Cruz to be there for Fernando. I don't think that's no, what this enough. was.
2: It's but a bonus, though. It
4: is. And is that part of the conversation that went on? Maybe. I don't I, I don't think that's a crazy thought that that was an aspect to it because— this is going to be a very different experience for Fernando when he comes back and when he's going to opposing cities and, and all of it that's going to come with him returning from injury and getting back into baseball shape and dealing with the media and all of it. And I don't think it's a, a terrible thing to have another person, another veteran who's been there, through it there, in this corner.
2: There frankly isn't as as many and mm-hmm. as good veteran the good veterans that they have in this club, there's no one who can probably speak to what yeah. Fernando's going through more or better than Nelson Cruz. Yeah. And so, uh, as you said, it, it, it certainly isn't uh, uh, the number 1, 2, maybe even 3 or 3rd reason why you would bring somebody in, but it is a bonus that you have somebody in your locker room like that. Um, this, this, this season's going to be fun, and it's going to be interesting for, <laughs> for a number of different reasons, right? I mean, the roster's loaded. Uh, you have the the subplots that are taking place. You know Manny and his opt out at the end of the season. There is a ton of storylines that are connected to this ball club outside of Fernando Tatis Junior.
4: Yeah, there there are. I mean, it's it's and I won't make it like I've been in this city forever. I've been here less than a calendar year, but there are so many different aspects and fascinating parts of this season. And they're real, okay. They're real, hundred percent. It's, it's not, you know, not made up. No, it's not broadcasters. You know, people who are going to be around the team and talk about it, about them every day, like me and you. It's not people just saying, Oh, uh, you know, who is this young shortstop gonna and I'm not talking about Fernando, but just hypothetical right. going to take a step forward. No. Like this is real big time super st- superstar stuff. The Fernando situation, it's fascinating in a number of different ways. Uh Manny, uh what he does just period, because he's such a great player, but obviously with the looming free agency, things are interesting. Hey, don't
2: put it past Manny to as good as his season was the last year and even yeah. the year before don't be surprised going into what could be a, a contract year if things get turned up even more. Yeah. I mean, Manny has has proven to be as as consistent of a player as we have in our league. But you just look at the last time he was put up uh, for free agency; he put together his best year.
4: And he's a guy who rises to the moment, no doubt, and, no doubt, and, and,
2: and knows like you know. I, I I tell you what. In regards of Manny, I was. Impressed. I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I have taken joy in watching his growth from the time he got here um, in his first year as a Padre to where we got to last year. I mean, he's taken leaps and bounds in terms of leadership and, and knowing how to, you know, approach it. Mm. Um, that's not something that comes easy to everybody, but he has developed and he's one of the premier leaders, I think in this game and uh Padres uh certainly will I'm sure be looking to uh, make sure that he comes back for a yeah. long period of time
4: yeah it's um I've said this before but I I never watched Manny day in day out before this past season I, I just didn't I mean he was in Baltimore and you know then he was here in San Diego and admittedly I wasn't watching the right. Padres every single night I was right. I was keeping my eye on the Amarillo Sod Poodles every pitch um I, he's so consistent, yeah. and it, it really is a joy to watch him day in, day out. So, yeah, what he can do in a year where, obviously, he wants to win a World Series for this team and for this city. But, yes, there is there there may be a little extra motivation because of what may happen after the year, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about all that. But, like... All of it, the star power, I just...
2: Yeah, it only speaks to that what we were saying about there being so many different intriguing stories. You know,
4: even even if you remove the Fernando story and situation and his comeback, which which may end up being the story of this season, even beyond that, I mean, the star power, the storylines, what could happen, the type of team this is, the big names, like, even the names they're adding uh the veterans Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz. I mean these are these are significant baseball names. These are names that baseball fans know. So there's um you know the other interesting thing Tony is like there's just a, a lot of big time names and um and personalities in that clubhouse. Like when you yeah, yeah. if you're a national baseball writer and you come to San Diego, you're walking into that clubhouse and there is true star power, maybe the most star power and in league is right in, there, Yeah, there, that yeah. is in any clubhouse in baseball. So, yeah. again, from the intrigue standpoint, the newsworthy standpoint, the storylines, and a team that has a real shot. And we had a great conversation with Dave Assay earlier yeah. about this. Like, I, I think people are expecting this team to really be right there in the division, which is something that has not happened in a long time. Yeah. So, from that perspective, 98 might
2: have been the last year they were expected to be at the top of the division, like with the same expectation they have this year. And that year led them to a World Series. Uh, So, we'll see what happens. Let's step away. Let's get to break. When we come back, I don't know what publication did this, but they have predicted World Series all the way up to when? The last 10 years. The next 10 years. So, we're going to get into that. This was
0: quite the list.
2: This was quite the list. (laughs) Uh, San Diegans, you're going to be disappointed. More and Chris on the way. Here's some traffic.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
2: 523 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Sam Levitt, Frank Marchese. Happy hour. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going through my phone, and these folks uh, in sports media, they're <laughs> relentless. Like We can't even get to the season before they're already writing articles on five teams that should already have an eye on Manny Machado. We ain't even Who got do, Who's not going to have an eye on Manny <laughs> Machado? <laughs> yeah, first of all, right, I think all 29 teams will have an eye on but uh, have an eye bag back. We still got a whole nother year <laughs> and he hasn't said he's opting out yet. So leave us alone for the time right.
4: being. Well, let me, let me give you, let me give you the primer: the teams that have an eye, well, it's all, but also the teams that would be able to um, afford, him? afford him and be willing to pay him. So that that's narrows gonna, it down. Gonna,
2: we know, we know from our earlier conversation yeah. that cuts out like 16 teams. Right. that ain't really trying. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, that all shakes out our way. Yeah. All right, let's get to these uh, predictions. 10 years of World Series predictions. Who did this?
5: Yeah, the uh, the Nostradummies at MLB.com. Nostradummies. This was ML, huh?
4: hold, so this was actually MLB.com.
5: MLB.com. Why are
4: they doing this? <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's, because it's, it's, it's January 11th. <laughs> <January. Yeah, it's, laughs>
2: they needed something to write about, right?
5: It, it's unbelievable. All right, so. The 2023 World Series, sorry, uh, new Dodgers third baseman Manny Machado leads.
2: Wait, what? It has that on there? (laughs) Well, no,
5: hold on. You'll you'll find a trend here with what you just said. Okay. Lead the Dodgers to the 2023 World Series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Wait, wait, wait! Say that. One say more time. it again. The prediction from MLB.com is the twenty twenty three World Series is that the Dodgers will beat the Blue Jays.
4: Oh, the, the Manny part was a joke. The man,
5: yes, oh. the Manny part. Oh, was I a was joke. about
2: to say that. <laughs> I wasn't even about? thinking about the World Series at that point. I was only thinking about the Manny part. Okay, so they have the they have the Dodgers going back to the World Series this year. Yes, did they did they give like a any type of synopsis no, of how no, they came to any no, of this? They okay. just just pictures and years. All right, so the Dodgers in twenty twenty three miraculously o- end up in a World Series. The, the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Okay. I can see the Blue Jays. I mean, Sam is, is, that's a team that underperformed last year. Sam is writing this down.
4: I don't. I actually don't know why I just wrote that down. Let's see, but let's I see did. what you got. What's, what's 2024? Okay.
5: 2024 is new Mets third baseman Manny Machado leads the New York Mets.
2: <laughs> He'll knock it off.
5: To, <laughs> to the 2024 World Series over the Baltimore Orioles in okay. a rematch that's of a, 1969. You know
2: what? We, I don't think we need to read this anymore at this point. I mean, you give me the Dodgers and Blue Jays in 23. And now Baltimore in twenty in twenty four Mets
5: beat the Baltimore Orioles in twenty four. I make
2: mean, that makes you feel better, huh?
5: No, it doesn't. I would much rather see that in twenty three and 24. Oh, you don't want to wait that would be a
4: uh, That would be a, a rematch of nineteen sixty
5: nine. Yes, sir. All yeah.
2: right, give us a uh, was it twenty
4: five?
5: Twenty five. The San Francisco Giants beat the New York Yankees.
2: All right. Okay, so two well, the out of, two lost, out. The, so that's good. <laughs> two out of the last three have been uh, NL West uh, representatives.
5: 2026, the Seattle Mariners beat the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Okay. 27, the Yankees beat the Cubs in the World Series.
2: Yeah. That, that, uh, I've I, noticed a trend. Are the, Padres, are the oh. Padres anywhere in this 10 years? Oh,
5: the, no. There's some far-fetched ones in here. Don't you worry. Well, you already gave us Baltimore. Tw- oh, wait a minute. 2028, Baltimore returns. <laughs> Baltimore's <laughs> about to go on a run here, huh? To beat the L.A. Dodgers in the World Series in
4: 2028. Wow. Mm. I'm looking on MLB.com right now. I saw this on their Twitter. Okay, fortunately, this is not on the front page. So, Oh, no, this would have been hidden, buried in the website. (laughs) Are you kidding
2: me? They knew better than to put this on the front page.
5: 2029, the Detroit Tigers beat the Atlanta Braves.
2: Detroit Tigers, Braves. That's probably, I don't know at this point who's who's showing the the uh, World Series, but I'm sure for ratings purposes, that is not a World mm-hmm. Series at they one. At this point, we might have 32 teams.
4: We might have <laughs> two <laughs> new teams. There might be a team in Portland, a team right. in San Antonio. Right.
5: 2030, the Angels over the Phillies. Angels
2: over Phillies. Ugh.
5: It's Mike Trout's, what, twenty last year? Right? Is he retiring
2: after that one right there? I don't know.
5: He's got to make it to the playoffs again first. Uh, 2031. And the fact
2: that the Angels found their way to a World Series in a 10-year span and the Padres didn't is just mind-blowing.
5: Mm. 2031, the Red Sox over the Brewers. Okay. And 2032, the Guardians beat the Reds.
2: Wow, the Reds get to the
5: World Reds. Series.
4: So I like Patrick. that. That's the only one that I like. I, Guardians a, Reds. The Battle a, of Ohio. That's a Battle of Ohio right the, there. The Reds fans deserve something nice. People so in Manhattan that one, are I like. Chop it at the bit for that World uh, Series. Boy. Speaking of uh, speaking of lists, there's another one here, and I think Tony, you mentioned this during the break, but um, another MLB.com list, and I'm just briefly <laughs> looking at the video. So it says here, top ten right fielders. Number nine. Fernando Tatis Jr.
2: has played like I don't know, fifteen innings of of right field.
4: Now, if they were talking about offensive right fielders, think, he would have I, to be I, higher I, than that. Assuming
2: Fernando's Fernando, I, I think that's probably why he's nine is because he hasn't played in okay. in more than a, right. a, a or a year year, a year of year baseball at this point. So, you know, we'll, we'll see because you know. We'll see how the transition... We don't even know he if he's going to play exactly, right I was just about to say, wherever he's at. <laughs> center, right, left, right. Who, who knows? Infield, at this point, we don't know. But I, I'm sure he's only nine at this point because he's missed right. in baseball.
4: Oh, officially in uh, baseball, we are grasping for content. This
2: is what happens come January, January ladies January 11th. You, you are if for all the baseball. And you know, the funny part is, over the past couple of years prior to the new CBA... January wasn't all that bad. It was like November, December. That right. was bad because nothing was happening. January, February is when people started to fly off the board. This year, as you saw, the frenzy of signings when we were here at the winter meetings really has changed that. We're back to like normalcy in terms of
1: the action. What's
2: weird is that
4: there has not been, including this year, there has not been a normal spring training in years since now since what since well i guess 2020 since, started off as a right. normal spring training since but 2019 yeah yeah 2020 was not obviously no. 21 was not 22 is not with the lockout and this year is going to be different with the wbc oh, that's right. right yeah it's
2: oh well let we'll see so from the padres is it manny nick martinez manny,
4: nick martinez juan soto um you darvish
2: so you know, you know, with those there's guys, more, with those guys maybe. being gone, it's a lot of at bats for spring at spring training for some guys who want to turn some heads. This yeah. is a good opportunity right here.
4: Yeah. So there's two sides of it, right? Because on one hand, I guess. I guess you could argue some of the luster of that middle portion of spring training is gone because the su- some of the superstars no won't doubt. be there. No doubt. But in some ways, it's more interesting because you're going to be able to see some names on a more consistent basis than you would and get starts and uh, maybe see some more minor leaguers for an extended period of time, which is
5: I like.
2: It's not going to be all that great for myself and Jesse. <laughs> I'm just be very honest with you. You know, it's. Uh, it's spring training is tough because the the, the big dogs don't play a lot right. until the end. You're just going to get more of that earlier now, and so. Um, but although you could see the big dogs playing a lot early because they're they're, they're going to be gone uh, as they try to. Because the one thing I was making the point before we came on the show today, the good part about the WBC for those guys playing is they get to play some games that actually get their juices flowing right you know spring training is daunting it, you're you're excited when you get there then there's a low then you're excited when the games start and then about a week or two in the games you're like all right man I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for this to start the guys who get to go to play in wbc those games are be will be meaningful and and i don't know it, it's it's very um it, it's it's anecdotal but i always felt like it seemed like the the hitters that Played in in those type of environments early, it's almost like winter ball. Like those guys come the spring, they come into the regular season ready right. to roll. I think it could be an advantage for maybe some of the the hitters. Now the pitchers are different because you're on a routine. You're trying to build up innings. It's hard to do that when you're in, you know, I, I guess must win type situations, and and that's what will be different for the pitchers.
4: Another name too, Xander Bogarts, who I believe is playing for Team Netherlands. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's so, a lot there's of big a lot, names. There's,
2: there's a lot of names that are going to be gone. So that means there's a lot of opportunity for some guys yeah. out there who are looking to turn some heads.
4: I think I, I you know I haven't got super into the World Baseball Classic in the years past, admittedly, but I'm I'm looking forward to it this year. A because the Padres, there's a number of names that you want to pay attention to. But I mean. I think it's kind. Of, I mean, I'm I'm interested to really follow it this year.
2: It was uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Last time it was played, they, they had it out here. You, I remember Adam Jones, yeah. Robin, Manny Machado. I was there at that game. Those are the type of things that you know bring more eyeballs to the game. So yeah. hopefully, it all goes well. Everybody stays healthy. God, you know, God willing. And uh we'll be treated with some entertaining baseball early in the year, which is different from most years. All right. And everybody stays healthy. Yeah, everybody Number stays one. healthy. Most definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh if you missed it earlier, uh David s a covers the Dodgers. Good friend of mine joined us early. He had a great time.
6: What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: 5.39 into the half, half hour. The happy hour. Got about 16 minutes with you guys remaining. You get a chance to hear Dave vassay uh news around sports Naomi Osaka was expecting her first child so uh former number one player uh, is, is tweeted out yeah hey, I, I realized that life is short and I don't take any moment for granted every day is a new blessing and adventure I know that I have much to look forward to into the future one thing I'm looking forward to is is my kid to watch one of my matches and tell someone, that's my mom. Ha <laughs> ha. Twenty twenty three will be a year that'll be full of lessons for me and I hope you see hope hope I'll see you guys in the start of the next one because I will be at the Australian Open mm-hmm. in twenty twenty four. So congratulations yeah, to congratulations. Naomi Osaka I've... she she certainly is in for an adventure. I can tell her that. <laughs> For four children deep at this point, it is it is definitely advent- adventurous. But con- <laughs> I, I wouldn't congratulations. know yet. I wouldn't yeah, know yeah, yet. Congratulations. Maybe one day. Congratulations, yeah, congratulations. Are, are in order for Naomi Osaka. Uh, other news around sports. Uh, today, UFC's, I don't even know what he is. I don't think he's is a president. Whatever. Dana White, who we know as the face of UFC, really had his first public uh, comments. And and he said criticism is 100 percent warranted uh, for the slap uh, of his wife uh, that happened on New Year's. Uh, that story has just really been I don't want to say it's been muted, but it's been a little muted.
4: Well, it, it's, it's interesting you say muted because before we came on, I, I said I sort of heard about it. Yeah. And but hadn't seen the video
2: um so that's not pretty you don't know if you you really want to see it so uh but today was his first comments uh your squad the new york jets make a a change at offensive coordinator after uh and listen i I tell you what what's the what's the quarterback's name you guys number one pick zach wilson zach wilson did this offensive coordinator no (laughs) what's his name he has not been very memorable (laughs) (laughs) he's done the offensive coordinator no favors here no um
4: I'm very interested actually to see what the Jets do in the off season because I, I They got some pieces. Yeah, well they've got some players. Yeah. Mike White, although a nice story, I, I don't think is the answer there. So they need to go get a veteran. And there are options.
2: I, I love that uh the young man said whatever veteran they bring, he's gonna make their life hell. I think it might be the other way around if they bring in a veteran quarterback that's worth his salt. Yeah,
4: I, 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 you know, look, Zach Wilson may end up being an effective NFL quarterback
2: down the line. I, I don't know that that is going to be with the Jets. <laughs> certainly, is it right now? All right, uh, if you missed it, Dave S. A. covers the, covers the, not the Lakers. He covers the Dodgers. Joined us early, a good friend of mine. It was a fun interview. You get a chance to hear it here. And joining us here uh, is is a very very special guest. Uh, this man helped me. Get my foot, get my feet wet in this industry. Dave Vassay covers the Dodgers, joins us here on Gwen and Chris, Gwen and Chris in the premier Chevrolet Carlsbad fan hotline. David, how are you, man? Are you enjoying your offseason? I
3: am, Tony. Great to be on with you guys. Great to hear your voice. Fresh
2: from Maui, if you could believe I it. I saw the there last week. I yeah, saw baby. you jumping off of boats into the ocean. You're having a good old time. Hey, I gotta live
3: life, man. I'm not sure if it's midlife crisis or the Padres coming of age, but I gotta go crazy.
2: Well, uh, first, I, I I'm happy that you've gotten outside of the baseball realm. It was a rough year for you, man. Not only did you, did the squad that you cover get have an early exit, but you had some bumps and bruises along the way, man. How are we recovering with the arm and, and rib cage there?
3: Yeah, well, uh, I guess I'll have to make the trip to Milwaukee. I would like to <laughs> skip that trip, but I'll uh, I'll have to make it back there with the team at the beginning of May. Um, I know I'm back to full strength, Tony, because my jump shot's back. Oh, there so you watch go. Watch out when I see you.
4: I love it. I love it. I, I, it was interesting, David, because I saw you. Around the, all, I think at the All Star Game, I don't remember if you were still in the sling or not. But we saw your your progression with the recovery as the uh, season went along and into the postseason. So good to hear you're uh, doing better. I'm jealous. The Maui trip. I got to get to Hawaii. Uh, let's talk about the Dodgers. Uh, been uh, an interesting off season. Uh, we were talking about it uh, earlier in the hour. A bit of a different offseason for the Dodgers than what we're accustomed to seeing. How would you sum up the L.A. Dodgers offseason so far heading into 2023?
3: Yeah, it was pretty quiet. I think that's the best way to sum it up. Uh, They basically were very measured and I think in some respects had some sticker shock from the way Mm. the free agent market went. Um, They decided not to bring back Tyler Anderson uh, for what the angels gave him, and that turns out to be a huge bargain by the angels before, uh, you know, the open market really skyrocketed with all this money that was being thrown around. And for the Dodgers, after that, you know, they said that they weren't reluctant to go over the luxury tax, uh, but they would do it for the right player. This would be the third straight year going over the tax, and they did try to pursue Justin Verlander, which would have put them over that tax threshold. So what they told us by their actions was there were no players outside Mm -hmm. of Verlander that they really wanted to go over that tax for.
2: David, you you and I had a couple conversations towards the end of the year as it pertains to the young, talented guys who had virtually been blocked because of the guys that were in front of them. You still had both Turners in that lineup. That pre-made things difficult for the likes of, of Lux and Vargas Uh, It seems like the Dodgers are going to turn over the reins to to a few of these young guys. What do you expect? Are they prepared to handle it, or or is this one of the things we're going to have to sit back and find out?
3: Yeah, I think we all have to find out, Tony. Uh, Not only Miguel Vargas and James Outman, who's showed glimpses in the short time that he got the opportunity before they made the trade for Joey Gallo, but Gavin Lux. Right now, he's the Dodgers' opening day shortstop. I think all three of those guys are going to play a pivotal role at the beginning of the year to see what direction the Dodgers need to go at the trade deadline. Can Lux handle it every day? Miguel Vargas, what's his position? Can he handle second base? He's going to get a lot of time at second base with Muncie at third base. And who's the Dodgers center fielder? I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge question with Cody Bellinger being non-tendered and subsequently signing with the Cubs. So up the middle right now, the Dodgers went from Trey Turner, Gavin Lux, and Cody Bellinger to Gavin Lux, Miguel Vargas, and a combination of Trace Thompson, James Altman, and maybe some Mookie Becks. Um, that's not as strong up the middle as you would like a defending NLS champion to be going into the season.
4: Yeah, and David, to follow up on on that, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a bit of a, not a bit of, a, a very different way of going about the offseason and constructing a roster what the Dodgers are doing this offseason as compared to what they've done in the past when they've gone out and been very very active on the big time free agent market I mean personally for you David what do you do you like this approach from the Dodgers is there a feeling that that maybe it's something different that over the course of the next year or two might prove to be ultimately I, I suppose more successful
3: well I I think everybody's I guess outlook on the playoffs is a little bit different after last year considering the Dodgers won the most games in the National League since the 1908 Pirates and were bounced in the first round by the Padres. Now, I have my own opinions on why they had such a um basically a no-show in the first round, but the Phillies proved that you don't have to win 100 games yeah, yeah. to t- make a run. And right now, I would say it's going to come down to the final two weeks of September to decide who's going to win the NL West. And if it's the Padres or Dodgers that are the wild card team, the Padres showed you can make a deep run even if you don't win your division. So I, I feel like the Dodgers' outlook on the playoffs and I think a lot of other teams moving forward has changed after what we saw last year with the expansion of the playoff teams.
2: Mm. Dave Essa joins us here on Gwen and Chris the Premier Chevrolet of Carl's Bad Fan Hotline. He covers the Dodgers and and Dave I, 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 what was your or, or was there a consensus of a, a, a really a, a I guess a come together feeling about what the Dodgers ended up looking like in that last round that they got eliminated against the Padres. They had dominated the Padres throughout the regular season. Uh what was the organization's takeaway, I should say? from that series, and how will it affect uh, going forward into this next season?
3: Well, it was a different tone than many of us expected from Andrew Friedman after his season-ending press conference, where he basically was not going to make wholesale changes as far as personnel or even approach Mm. into the postseason, where the Dodgers have had a very uh, consistent approach to the way they handle things in the playoffs. Uh, a lot of us were expecting him to say, you know what, maybe we have to look at the way we go about things in the postseason, because it really hasn't worked outside of 2020 and 2017. Um, but he basically stayed the course and said he doesn't expect his team to be 0 for 20 with runners in scoring position in the middle of a series. Um, and he credited the Padres for uh, being a hot team at the time. Now, me talking to players, they feel like they let an opportunity slip away and agreed with me that they did not take the Padres seriously Mm -hmm. and they did not treat it like a playoff series. Uh, It was a very convenient trip to San Diego. They all treated it like they do during the regular season where they drive separately and arrive at the team hotel at different times. As you know, Tony... That's a lot different, and you guys know it's a lot different when, let's say, you're outside of California and you're on the team bus together, you're on the team flight together. It kind of brings the urgency of the playoffs. And talking to to some veterans on the Dodgers uh, about a month after they were eliminated, they agreed that we should have done something differently. We maybe should have taken a player-only bus to San Diego because it was different to me that the Dodgers did not realize the playoffs had started until they got to Petco Park, and by then it was way too late.
2: It's interesting because the Padres, who were in the same boat, certainly had buses, team buses, players' buses, family buses, and that element that you speak of is probably the one glaring difference from the regular season to the playoffs. It it usually is much more buttoned up. But it sounds like the the Dodgers, as you said, treated it like it was a regular season series.
3: Yeah, and Tony, uh, the other consensus was the error that Trey Turner made at Dodger Stadium in Game 2 changed the momentum of not only that game but the entire series. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I I heard after Game 1 where the Dodgers got out to that big lead early, uh, a lot of the coaches on the Dodgers staff said this was not the same Padre team. Because they, the Padres continued to fight in that first game and try to make it a game where in games past earlier last season, they would basically have the life sucked out of them and the game would be over. So there were warning signs even in game one that this was a different Padre team that the Dodgers needed to take more seriously than they did in the previous how many years.
1: That
4: is really, really interesting stuff. Again, we're joined by David Vassay, who covers the L.A. Dodgers uh, right now in 97.3. The fan, Gwyn and Chris. David, obviously for the, the Padres, it's been um, a pretty interesting offseason, the addition of Xander Bogart, some of the other moves they've made. You look at last year, regular season, Dodgers win 111 games, Padres win 89, and uh, throwing out the projections and, and all the things like that. I mean, what's your take on what this division towards the top between the Padres and Dodgers could look like in 2023 do you anticipate it being and I think you alluded to it before by saying the, the final couple of weeks of September but what do you anticipate this division race being like in 2023
3: well it, it's very rare that you see in one year one off season 20 games made up yeah. right but Uh, the Padres started to make that ground up in the second half of last year. And with Juan Soto having a full year, a full spring training under his belt with the Padres, the addition of Bogarts and you have Machado and Josh Hader having a full spring training with the Padres. uh, It feels like this is going to be a pennant race all the way down to the final weeks of September. It kind of has a feel as far as from the Padres standpoint, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went all in in Brady's first year and the way the Rams went all in last year to win the Super Bowl. It feels like the Padres believe this is their window, especially after bouncing the Dodgers in the NLDS. They were not going to beat the Dodgers and take a step backwards. They smell blood in the water and double down on that during this past offseason. And Peter Seidler, the Padres' owner, obviously – uh is going to be aggressive seeing the window that they have with machado possibly opting out and you know this juan soto window that the padres have right now as well so it feels like the padres realized this is their window and they were going all in
2: there to uh, kind of give us the the breakdown of what he expects to see, not only from Dodgers, but from the Padres this year. Sam, man, I, I got to tell you, man, I appreciate you coming and spending some Thank time. Thank you. What well, job well done. Frank, you know, you always do a terrific job. When Great you're job, Frank. Although I will say, we you know, <laughs> math is not our best subject. No, we, we had a
4: couple of <laughs> miscues, but all in all, a
2: fun four hours. It was indeed. We'll be back at it again tomorrow The originals, Chris L.O., Matt Scraby will be back. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.